It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It is Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer. Coming your way, uh, Elliot. As uh, as it seems to be this season, we've had a, another tumultuous week of uh, of Eagles talk here. Oh, we need your mic on. It is on. There it is. It was on on your side. Okay. Well, what I was Moshe saying Kravitz was, behind the glass, yeah, making saving it the show already. Um, what I was going to say is, yet here I stand after another tumultuous week, excited for Eagles football tomorrow. <laughs> Why I don't know. I think. I think they're going to win. I know, which is crazy. Let's just get right into it, right? I well, mean, <laughs> well, it's funny because we stood here last week, this exact same time, kind of in a role reversal. Yeah. I'm here saying, you know what? I feel pretty good about going into Pittsburgh. I had all my reasons. And you were almost right. Almost right. Like yeah. they played better than I think a lot of people thought they would. This week, it's flipped around where I just. I don't see it. I don't see it tomorrow against Baltimore, and you're the positive one. Well, and one of the craziest things is the reason I feel most confident about this game tomorrow is the Eagles' defense. Oh, I how about look, it? I look at this Ravens' offense, and I say, I don't know if they're going to be able to get into the 30s against this Eagles' defense. They cannot pass the ball. Now, granted, the Eagles' secondary at times is making anybody look capable of passing the ball. So I'm not going to sit here and say this is a lock. I'm not going to say they're going to shut out the Ravens. But I feel good about the matchups on uh, in this game. I think that the Eagles' defense is going to be able to handle this Baltimore offense. I think Lamar Jackson is currently uh, banged up, and he's not been as dynamic because of that. And the Eagles' offense, the arrow is pointing up, flat out. I mean, they're averaging more points over the last two weeks than they were in the, fir- the first three, going against a good Pittsburgh defense and a good San Francisco defense. So I think they've figured out how to move the ball. I like that Travis Fulgham is going to be getting a lot of snaps tomorrow. I like that Greg Ward is going to. So I actually feel very good about this game, even though there's 
you know, at one, three, and one, it's hard to ever say you feel good about a team going into arguably the best team in the league. But <laughs> I, I actually said. think this is a uh, a good spot for the Eagles. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am not there. I I just don't. We'll see if we can get you there. We'll we'll see if we can get me there today. Let's get me there today. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. But you said something interesting there, and we're going to talk Eagles Ravens. More of Elliot's reasons for why he feels optimistic why I am not quite as optimistic as he is. But you mentioned the defense. Yeah. It's been a week for Jim Schwartz. You put out a tweet earlier this week where you just said a very simple phrase that Jim Schwartz is a very good defensive coordinator. Flat out. And you got murdered for it. Like, just unbelievable the reaction on Twitter being called a a clickbait and all this type of crazy stuff. Let's get into the Schwartz thing because it has been a rough week for him here and a lot of people, for the first time, I mean, I think Angelo did a poll of, of should Jim Schwartz be fired? It was like 70-something mm-hmm. percent said he should. Where do you stand on this Jim Schwartz thing? I do not understand how people could think Jim Schwartz is a bad defensive coordinator. I don't understand how people can think Jim Schwartz is anything but an elite defensive coordinator, oh, if we want to be honest about this. Jim Schwartz has been one of the best defensive coordinators in the league since the Eagles hired him. The stats back that up. When you watch a game on Sundays, you see that. Are, is it perfect every week? No. Have they made personnel mistakes? They, they have. But at the end of the day, this Eagles defense, the far majority of Sundays, plays well enough for this team to win. They lost the game on Sunday because of that. Last Sunday was an example of that, that not happening. But as I go forward and I look at the rest of this Eagles season, the defense is going to be good enough for them to get into the playoffs. Jim Schwartz is going to be a good enough defensive coordinator for this team to be in the playoffs if the offense carries up their end of the bargain. I, I, he has flaws. But he is overall one of the best coaches on the staff, and he is, without question, a very good defensive coordinator. And I frankly do not understand how people could not think that. Yeah, well, it's not Jim Schwartz's fault that Nate Gary is is one of the best linebackers they have on this roster. It's not mm-hmm. Jim Schwartz's fault that Howie Roseman used a third-round pick on a linebacker who can't even get on the field on special teams, it seems. Yes. Like, it's not Jim Schwartz's fault that this defense is put together flawed. Now, I will say, I, I think... The, the the ripping of Jim Schwartz last Sunday is absolutely deserved. He had a bad game. He admitted he had a bad game. I think that we'll get into that final play, I'm sure, and all that. I think that you know there are other things that could have happened in that spot that you could also not blame Schwartz for. It was Schwartz a bad for. play by the defense. It was. It yes. was. But also, I think they should have called a timeout there, but that's a whole separate discussion. Right. But I'm with you. Look, I think that Jim Schwartz has, for a long time here, been unfairly maligned. Like, for some reason— this guy, and, and yes, I know he's had some bad spots, and I know the fact that, you know, giving up the most points in, in a Super Bowl that you won is not a, a feather in his right. cap. But they're only there. They're only there. Yeah. What, what, do we not talk about the Falcons game, the Vikings game, the P-Rob play? Like, the reason they got to that game was as much the defense as anything else, as much Jim Schwartz as anything else. I think Jim Schwartz, like, yes, he has some – I think he has some particular – um, aspects of the way he coaches that bother people here, especially yeah. with the history here with Buddy Ryan, with Jim Johnson. Like, we're a attack, attack, attack type of defense, and that's not necessarily the way Jim Schwartz always goes about his business. You know, Jim Schwartz doesn't always do that, and I think it bothers a lot of people. Well, I think reason. another reason Jim Schwartz is not viewed as a great defensive coordinator is because people will point to the fact that he kind of just runs his system. Like, you don't very often see him adjust, mm-hmm. I think. Like, he, the defensive lineman attack, right, he, he very rarely played man up until this year. But the results are the results. I mean, we just, you know, Glenn and Ray were just on. I heard uh, Ray earlier in the week, I believe it was on your show, uh, with Joe and John, saying it's a bottom line business. And the bottom line is Jim Schwartz's defense 
very rarely gives up a, a ton of points. I mean, since he's been the defensive coordinator in 2016, he's been the coach of 70 games. Nine times they've given up over, thir- over 30 points. Wow. 31 times they've given up under 20. So the majority of times he is playing well enough to win. Since 2016, they are eighth in the league in points allowed. Only seven teams have been a better defense than the Eagles have over the last five years. So I just don't see how you can look at that and say he's anything other than a great defensive coach. And, you know, you just brought up the history of defense in the city, and you're absolutely correct. That should be another reason people should appreciate Jim Schwartz. Prior to him, Billy Davis, not a great defensive Horrible defense. Juan Castillo. Not a great defensive coordinator, right? So they, they have had trouble finding these guys uh, ever since Jim Johnson. So I think that the Jim Schwartz stuff is is overblown. And frankly, if we're talking about reasons this team struggles, it's Howie Roseman. Like, Howie's the one that I think is making Jim look bad. It's not vice versa. I couldn't agree more. I have slowly, as this season has gone on, worked my way towards being completely out on Howie Roseman. Like, I am pretty close to fire Howie Roseman. That's where I'm at. That's what I believe right now. Like, seriously, I, he has mismanaged this roster so poorly this season in so many ways. And again, like, we're talking about a roster where going into next year, they are already in the worst cap situation in all of yeah. football. Like, the one thing that Howie always gets credit for, they are in a disastrous spot with that. And you look at the drafts. You look at the mismanagement. I mean, you wrote an article. To, uh, talk about the article you wrote on the website because you had eight moves on there that just – literally make no sense from a roster management perspective. Well, I think what's interesting is, look, I think you can start any talk about general managing as saying drafting is hard, managing the cap is hard. Like, this is not an easy job that Howie has, but he's discussed as one of the best in the league. And, you know, when you make a roster decision, you can look at it at the time of, did that make sense? And sometimes the results don't always bear themselves out. But just this week, you can look at three or four instances where the Eagles have mismanaged their roster. They cut Casey Tuhill, a seventh-round draft pick out of Stanford. He is claimed by Washington. They do this in order to bring back Vinnie Curry, who is probably not going to be on the team in 2021. The defensive line is playing fine. You do not need Vinnie Curry to come back. You are better off holding on to a young player in Casey Tuhill. We heard all offseason how this team wants to get younger. They cut two young players this week to bring back two veterans. It's a great point. It, it just doesn't make sense. And then, look, the injury thing, and we can get into it with Alshon and Deshaun, but – Alshon Jeffrey started the year on the 53-man roster. That's another valuable roster spot. Like, I I don't think you can kill them too bad for cutting Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones, considering how they played here. But you could have had either of them on your roster if you put Alshon Jeffrey on PUP, right? Alshon Jeffrey's not going to play this Sunday. That'll mean he'll miss the first six games of the season. Had he started on the physically unable to perform list, he would have missed the same amount of games without taking up a roster spot. (laughs) That's poor roster management. I mean, it's a literal waste of roster spot. Literally. Literally a waste of roster spot. Deshaun Jackson, Avante Maddox have both now missed three games. This year, the IR was built to help you with short-term injuries. Now, I understand not wanting to rule them out immediately, but you've now wasted two more roster spots for three weeks where if you, you, know, if you have them, then you don't have to cut Casey Tuhill right away, right? So it's little things, but ultimately they prove to be big. And when you look at how teams fall, the Eagles have fallen from a Super Bowl-winning team in 2017 to a team that is one and three right now, one, three, and one. And I would think the majority of people think they're going to be one, four, and one tomorrow. That doesn't happen because of one decision. That's not one mistake. It's not one bad draft pick. It's a lot of little things over a stretch of time. And that's what we're seeing the Eagles go through right now. Is it a big deal that they put Jalen Rager on IR a week late? No, it's not a huge deal. But when you look at the decisions that have added up this season and what they're amounting to, they look like, at times, a mismanaged roster. 
And that's not something I would have ever thought I'd be saying about Howie Roseman. And it's playing a role in them going from Super Bowl champion in 2017, one playoff win in 2018, no playoff wins in 2019, and now potentially fighting just to get in in 2020. So these little decisions that he's making are ending up costing the team. And to your point, Howie Roseman stood up in front of all the reporters on this radio station multiple times this offseason and talked about getting younger, yes. about building for the future, about, all right, that was our three-year window. We did that. Now it's time to move forward. It's time to look at the next three years. All these moves that they're making, and Alshon and Deshaun, a perfect example of it, do not look like moves that are made with the future in mind. I know you need to win games now. I know the division is winnable as absurd yes. as that is. It is winnable. I understand that, and I am not advocating they should not try and win the division. But you have to look to the future a little bit, too. And the way they've—I mean, the Vinny Curry for Casey Tuil thing is a— is, is insanity to me. Like, and I know, look, Casey Tuil most likely will not turn into anything in the NFL, but at least there's a chance. Well, at least I'll tell he's you a this. Young, I mean, Jordan Mailata was a seventh-round pick. Yep. How about that? I Tra mean. Travis Fulgham. And I, you know what? Maybe Casey Tuil doesn't turn into anything, but I know where he's not going to turn into anything, with the Eagles. Yes. Like, that's a lock now. So that's a seventh-round pick that you essentially threw away to a division rival. And yet, to your point, maybe Casey Tuil doesn't help them win a game this year. But you make enough of those decisions over a long stretch, and this is how your team starts to fall. So as we talk about why the Eagles are 1-3-1, and one, and the other thing I'll say about Howie is this. Everyone's mad, at least from my interaction with fans this week. People are mad at Deshaun and Alshon because they're not healthy, they're not playing. It's not their fault. Howie was the one that brought them back and made them the top two receivers on the roster. He's the one that decided to have two 30-plus-year-olds coming off of major injuries be the starting receivers on a team that we knew needed help at receiver. I mean – they clearly went into this season thinking they were going to be contributing players. You could see it in the way that Absolutely. They, you could see it in the way that they didn't put Alshon on Pup, and you can see it in the way that the only major move they made is a first round pick on Jalen Rager. Yep. And now th this is a situation you're in. I'm okay with them playing young guys because I don't think Deshaun and Alshon should have been on the roster from the jump. But if we're talking about the execution of a plan, they came into this season expecting them to be contributing players, and they're not. And that's not Deshaun's fault. It's not Alshon's fault. It's Howie Roseman's fault in building the roster. A hundred million percent yes and it's it's almost like he's just trying to to prove that his mistakes weren't actually mistakes like sometimes mm -hmm. you just got to cut bait you got to say all right Alshon had a Liz Frank injury what are the odds he's actually going to play this first six weeks of the season and even if he can get on the field in week six is it worth giving up that roster spot exactly and also ultimately why is Alshon even here like we've talked about What's the upside? What are we really getting out of Alshon this year? The the likelihood that he is even a better player than Travis Fulgham at this point is so minuscule and so low, particularly coming off this injury. It is I, I, I can't believe how poorly this roster has been mismanaged. I can't believe the spot we're in. Well, and when you talk about how the Eagles roster should be managed, everything should be made right now with the intent of what helps Carson most, right? And what helps Carson most is developing young players around him, like a Casey Tuhill, and it's giving him consistency at receiver. Even if Alshon and Deshaun play this upcoming Thursday night against uh, New York, what are the chances they play five plus games in a row together? I mean, <laughs> what's the chances Deshaun right? plays two games in a row? So, I mean, come on. It's a disservice to Carson to have guys shuffle in and out like that. Maybe Travis Fogel will not have the career Alshon Jeffrey has. I don't know. But at least I know if he's out there every week getting snaps, he has a chance to develop with Carson. Maybe John Hightower is not going to be a good draft pick. He's not looked phenomenal so far. But I know the more he plays, in theory, the better he'll get. He's not going to get better on the bench. And those are the guys, especially playing with Carson, that need to be out there every week. And this kind of like 
I don't want to call it a circus, but this charade every week, like Deshaun and Alshon might play. I don't think it's it's not a, it's a detriment to the team. And honestly, Deshaun and Alshon will be better off elsewhere as well. They're win now receivers when they're healthy. The Eagles are not a win now team. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Where do you stand? Are you are you blaming Jim Schwartz or are you blaming Howie Roseman? Because I'm blaming Howie Roseman. And what do you think about this game tomorrow? Because Elliot actually thinks they're going to win. win. And I'm not there yet. See if you can convince me, too, or if you're more on my side. Let's start it out where we always do. Let's head to Abington and talk to our good buddy, Tom. Hey, Tom. Yo, fellas. How we doing today? Doing great, man. What doing up, buddy? great. Excited for the game tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, Elliot. I uh, I agree with you about Jim Schwartz. Boom, there uh, we go. I don't, that, that's yeah, the way I to don't start understand the, the hate. I, I mean, he's he's a good defensive coordinator. I mean, look at the success we've had, in the, you know, since he's gotten here. Yeah, not only so, that, look at his track record overall. I mean, he's been a very yeah. good defensive coordinator in this league for a long time. For a so, long time. So what's more likely, he's forgotten how to coach or the personnel he's being given is not up to par? And I think we know the latter of the is. two. Yeah. All right, so uh, if I could give you guys some keys to the game for tomorrow. Absolutely. Lay it on us, Tommy. All right, I got three for the O, three for the D. So, first off, is it too early to call him T-Fog? I like that. Sure. I mean, that's where we're heading, right? I'm going to give him the nickname. I think he's earned it already. You are, so. you're, you're a Nick's, nicknamesman. You are quite, you know, you're quite good <laughs> at giving nicknames. I've been called worse, Jimmy, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, all right, so T-Fog needs to go off tomorrow. That's one. Um, Doug, if you're listening, you win the coin toss. Take the ball and early lead is key. This this Ravens team's not built to uh, to come from behind. They're mm-hmm. built to play with a lead. I agree with I you need on to, that one a lot. I think that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, and I need to see more of Miles Sanders. Um, yes. I need to see some yes. screens. He's got he's got to force the ball Carson. in his hands, especially in the passing game. We talked about this on our, our post game pod. Like, get the ball in his hands in the passing game. Yeah, I want to see that wheel actually connect because I know him and, him and the Bronco have had some problems with yeah. that. But it's there. It's there to be taken. They just need to connect on it. Uh, defense. Watch Hollywood Brown on the jet sweep. I mean, you know what's coming, right? Yep, and we Devin DuVernay, all those guys. Boykin, they're all fast enough. Like, watch those kind of misdirection yeah. And places. to your point, Tom, as we know, the Eagles have really struggled this year with misdirection stuff. So oh the Ravens God, are yeah. definitely coming in trying to attempt some of that. And speaking of struggling, who's covering Mark Andrews? Because if they put linebackers <laughs> oh, on him, man. it's going to be a long day. Boys. Rodney McLeod, I hope. Well, Will Parks. <laughs> yeah, Will Parks, Parks maybe. That. Yeah, that's true, too. What's your last point on D, Tommy? Pressure Lamar from his right side. Force him to go to the left. Force him to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a defensive battle. I think the, I told you yesterday, Jimmy, the kicking game's going to come into play. They got the best kicker in the league. I see them losing a hard fought game, 26 to 24. Mm-hmm. And watch out for my dark horse boys, Tennessee Titans. Have Love a good it. weekend. Tommy, great call as always. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about Lamar is he's only run, run the ball nine times over the last two weeks. The yeah. lowest total in his career over well, two weeks. Well, he's got the so knee thing. Like, I think there's something going on there. You're getting him at the right time. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. What do you think? Do the Eagles have a chance tomorrow? Tom thinks they're going to lose, but thinks it's close. Elliot thinks they're actually going to win. I think this we got a win on our hands tomorrow. What do you think? And, and where are we at with the, the Schwartz thing? I can't blame Jim Schwartz. He is a, a very good defensive coordinator. He has proven that to me. I am blaming Howie Roseman. 215-592-9494. It's Elliot. It's James. We're coming right back. But, of course, let me remind you that so many of the Go Birds faithful have already joined us and have already set up their accounts and having a blast with Parks Sportsbook and Casino, the Parks Sportsbook app. 
legally betting on sports makes the games more fun. And like you, we all love the home teams, and that's why we go with the home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to sports betting. Our team at Parks Casino Sportsbook is right here in Bucks County. That means your action, your money, they're safe and secure on the easy-to-use sports betting app. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app, bet with the best. You can bet on any game on the slate tomorrow, over-unders, score at halftime, how many yards someone's going to throw for, so many things you can bet on. And, of course, the game here in Philadelphia. Here's the deal for this weekend. All customers will get a 25% profit boost to use on tomorrow's Birds versus Baltimore game. No promo code required. Just go and download the app or go to pa.parkscasino.com. That's pa.parxcasino.com. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on a loss as a free bet. That's right, it is Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino Elliott Shore Parks. James Seltzer with you till 3 p.m. today. Eagles Ravens, Elliott, optimism. This time tomorrow, they'll be beginning their win over the Ravens. Look at that. They'll be up 14-0 early. How do you see it playing out? I think it's going to be low scoring. I I think that the Eagles defense will play well. The uh, Rams, the Ravens defense is tough. They're definitely a tough matchup. What I will say is their pass rush I don't think is as good as it's kind of made out to be when you consider they have the number one defense uh, in the league. It'll be interesting to see how many points the Eagles can get to. I mean, like I said, I think they're averaging something like 26 points, 27 points over the last two weeks. I think they can get into the 20s against this uh, Ravens defense. I really do. And I do think fans being at the stands to, in, in the stands tomorrow will have an impact. I mean, they've been on the road two straight weeks. They're back home. They're going to have fans. I mean, from being in the link for the game where there was no fans against the uh, the uh, Rams, it, it's noticeable. It's a very different atmosphere. So I, I do think there will be a, a noticeable bump for the Eagles having fans there tomorrow. 215-592-9494. Let's go back to the phones. We're also talking Jim Schwartz and Ari Roseman, of course, tomorrow's game let's go to north jersey and talk to one of the best neil how are you buddy uh thank you for that introduction seltzer uh i'm flattered uh elliot nice to talk to you as well nice to talk to you man thanks for calling in you know they say that the greatest illusion is delusion and i think it is delusional to think that the baltimore ravens will lose the philadelphia wow, he's coming the at you ravens, elliot let's hear why the ravens are the number the Ravens, I mean, the Colts technically are the number one ranked defense, but I look at the Ravens. They are the best defense in the NFL. They have the best two man-to-man quarterbacks in Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. They have six turnovers they've caused as a duo. The Eagles are terrible over the middle. You're going to see Andrews, and you're going to see Hollywood. I think they're going to take deep shots on them, and we're not going to be able to cover that. And the other thing, too, is this. The Ravens have a very unusual defense. They maul you on the defensive line. They have incredible speed in, the, in, in their linebackers and secondary, and they play man-to-man coverage. I don't see how we are going to score points yeah. uh, against this team. This team does not – the East Eagles roster as constructed, whether it's Howie Roseman's fault, whether it's scheme, they do not have the ability and the weapons to beat this Ravens defense. Mm-hmm. I don't see how we score nine points. The second point is this. I think the only way if we can beat the Baltimore Ravens is their right side of the offensive line is not as good as it used to be. You're going to have to win that, that side of the matchup because they had Marshall Yanda for a decade. It was one of the best. And they're not as good on the right side of the line. I think you can 
you know, blitz from that side and maybe get to Lamar Jackson. And the third thing is this. Lamar Jackson, we know, is dealing with a knee injury, so he's non Lamar Jackson of, let's say, last year, um, where he's not running as much as he used to. He doesn't have the same type of mobility. But what he does have is a good running attack. I mean, they still average six yards a game. So so really quick, I I agree with with your last point, and I do share your concerns about the beginning of what you said. I do think this defense is going to be very tough for the Eagles' offense to score on. But your last point is why I do feel pretty confident heading into this matchup. The Eagles don't really lose games because of the run defense. Very rarely do you see a team play the Eagles and win the game because they were able to run the ball consistently. So I think the, and the Eagles' run defense is very good. The strength of the Ravens is their ru- rushing attack. I think the Eagles may be able to, to neutralize that. And Lamar Jackson, as dangerous as he is, he that knee injury I do think is hampering him. As I mentioned uh, in the last segment, he's only ran it nine times the last two weeks for a total of 53 yards. He has not been that same dynamic player. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals last week held this Baltimore offense to 20 points. So I, I think that it's going to be low scoring. I don't think the Eagles are going to win a shootout by any stretch. I agree with the concerns about the offense. I just think this Eagles defense is, is matches up very well with this Baltimore offense. Well, I think, listen, I think the run, I understand the point, but the problem is every time we say every week the Philadelphia Eagles need to establish the run game, they call it game plan that never emphasizes the run game. So part of that goes back to, you know, scheme and the ability of you know, Doug Peterson to actually, you know, not only run the ball effectively, okay, but actually run the ball enough. Mm-hmm. I think with Lamar Jackson, I understand the point that you're making about, you know, he's limited and this and that, but even with his limitations, he is still performing as a top-five quarterback. Oh, I, I completely team, disagree yeah. with you. Neil, great that. call. Neil, great I, call. I disagree with you on that. I mean, from the pocket, Lamar Jackson has not been that No, he is. Year. If Lamar Jackson can't get out and be Lamar Jackson, he is not a top-five quarterback. I mean, That's what makes him special. We've all watched this Eagles offense this year, and I think everybody, even you know the, the biggest Carson Wentz fan, would agree Carson Wentz's accuracy has hurt this offense. He's been one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the league. His accuracy is on par with what Lamar has been this year. Lamar has been equally as as uh, inaccurate. They have one of the worst passing offenses in the league. They really struggle to throw the ball. So yes, I agree that Mark Andrews is a tough matchup that's for the, the linebackers yeah, that's the and thing. Hollywood Brown is. But you got to get the ball to him. Like you know, it's not Lamar has to be able to deliver accurate passes. And I think he, his point about the offensive line was correct. The right side is not as good. So if Lamar is not able to be dynamic on the run. I don't know if he can beat the Eagles with his arms. I, I don't think he can, honestly. I, I think he has to be dynamic in the run, but I'm not going to assume that just because he's got anything in the last couple weeks he hasn't been as dynamic that he can't do that. The Eagles' defense still has to play in control. They still have to keep contain, especially mm-hmm. if they can get that rush up the middle. You know, they're going to need those guys on the outside to play smart because you can't keep letting Jackson bust out of there and, and go for big yards on the ground. And, and some – Elite what quarterbacks like him are get overconfident, like, oh, it'll work out. Before this past week's game, Lamar was criticizing the passing offense. He knows that he's not on the same page with his wide receivers, and they, they had a good week this past week, but they're at a point, as Elliot said, he's he's struggling to pass. They're at a point that maybe the Eagles have a chance to get after. Yeah, it's a good point. Most Kravitz chiming in, Most Kravitz buying the glass. 215-592-9494. Let's squeeze this guy in while it's still halftime of the Tennessee game. Let's head down to Tennessee and talk to Justin. Justin, your squad, not a great half, huh? Lord God, man. <laughs> we got the worst quarterback in all of NC football. We right? could have had the best. Trevor Lawrence wanted to come to Tennessee, but when Botch Jones was head coach, he told him he didn't think he was an SEC quarterback. 
Seriously, wow. Trevor Lawrence wears 16 because he loved Peyton Manning so much. Wow. That's how bad. Whoops. Oh. Let's give you a whoops on that one, Justin. Well, maybe you'll get yeah, to watch him on the Eagles next year. <laughs> Do what? I said maybe you'll get to watch Trevor Lawrence on the Eagles next year. Who knows? I doubt it. I'd yeah. say he'll either be in New York one way or another. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that for sure. You'll be seeing him next year yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, before I get started, Elliot, this is something I wanted to throw at you last week but forgot. All right. Have you seen the movie Baby Driver? I have never even heard of that oh, movie. It's a great movie. Okay. It's a newer it movie. It was too. made in 2017. Okay, well, I'm in already. <laughs> it, it, I'm telling you, it is one. It is a rocking movie, dude. Super it is phenomenal. Yeah. Rocking right. is the only way I know how to explain it. James can explain it to you better later, but dude, maybe I'll I check it out tonight. It. I'll be just hanging in. Very entertaining tomorrow, movie. So. It I'll is check a, it out a fun watch. Very entertaining. Okay, uh, I don't think Schwartz is an elite defensive coordinator. I think he's very good. Mm-hmm. But I'm like you guys. I put it all on Howie. We spent a second round quarterback or a second round pick on a quarterback. Yep. We don't do not have the luxury to do that. Then we spent a third round pick on a developmental linebacker. Mm-hmm. We're not deep enough to do that. You know, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, not not, not even we, just de- not even just not deep enough. We don't have enough talent on the field as starters to do that. I exactly. mean, Davion Taylor can't crack the starting lineup with this group of linebackers. Well, here's the thing about the linebacker position, too. If you want to have a larger discussion about not investing money into that position and prioritizing the secondary and the defensive line, I can get behind that. I think there's logic in that. But if you're going to do that, then you better be able to draft linebackers and you better be able to develop them. And the Eagles have not shown an ability to do that. Or how about keep LJ Fort because... If <laughs> yeah, my that's a thought. Serves yeah. me, he wasn't signed to a huge contract. No. No, I mean, his contract for a comeback. That was yeah. that was outrageous. a perfect example of Howie Roseman trying to be the smartest guy in the room. He just but oh, I but do compic compic compic. But yeah. I do think Jim Schwartz holds some blame in that as well. I think L.J. Fort didn't play, if not a single snap, barely any snaps for the Eagles defense when he was here. So that one's on Jim Schwartz too. Would but, it be on Schwartz or the linebacker coach? Well, it's, or fl- yeah, whatever it's, it's on one is. of them. I just mean, I think that, that the Howie's the one that signed L.J. Fort. So the evaluation was correct. He just was not used properly here. No, he wasn't. And like I said, that second-round pick, I mean, we're hearing a lot now that they wanted Patrick Chin, and then Howie turns yep. around at the last minute and drafts Jalen Hurts. Could you imagine Jeremy Chin being yeah. on this defense right now? Or even Kristen Fulton, the corner at LSU. I, I said this yesterday, man, it – it still it makes me sick to this day. You know or what? maybe literally anybody. Yeah. Maybe. yeah, or maybe anybody who's gonna gonna play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thought, but, it's not gonna just do a trick play every once in a while. Yeah, uh, more than two plays a game. But anyway, yeah, I put all the blame on Howie. I, I'm with James. I am so sick of Howie right now, trying to be the smartest guy in the room. Who, but, who are you picking hey, tomorrow? Uh, I think I think Baltimore wins. Yeah. I think it's close, but I think they win. I think. I'm gonna say twenty-eight, twenty-four, something like okay. that. Oh, yeah, that's pretty close. Cover. I Just. think it's I think it's close. But hey, y'all pray for my balls, man. Hopefully, we won't have to throw it anymore. The sorry trash quarterback we got, we can just run it down their throat and get a comeback. But I doubt it. <laughs> Good luck, Josh. We'll be pulling for well, you there. What's interesting. I mean, that score right there, they would cover, but the line's going up. I mean, they started, I think, as seven point underdogs on Parks Casino. Last I looked, uh, nine, nine and, and a half. half. Yeah. I mean, they're they're close to a now, double the digit. O- the dog only at home. thing I will say to temper that, and I agree with it. I think they lose by two touchdowns. That's kind of maybe they get a, a backdoor cover at the end or whatever, but I think it's that type of game personally. Yeah. But to be fair, 
the Niners game, the exact same thing happened. That opens a seven-point spread, got up to nine and a half, ten by game time, and we know what happened. So I don't want to overreact too much to that, but it's certainly notable. Well, on a larger scale, it really says a lot about where the Eagles are that they're now going to be a touchdown-plus underdog for the third straight week. Yeah, well, I saw, uh, I can't remember who tweeted it. I feel like it was Zach Berman. It was someone tweeted out that if uh, if it holds, it might have been Bob Wankel, someone someone uh, from Grossing Broad tweeted out, uh, if the 9.5 holds, it will be the biggest underdog the Eagles have been this century. Wow. They were a nine-point underdog in 2006 to the Giants at one point, and, and that is the biggest spread this century that they have been an underdog by. And look, I think they're going to win, but let's not fool ourselves. They earned that underdog. I mean, they, yeah. they have not been a good team no. for almost two straight years, and the Ravens have been one of the best teams yeah. in the league since Lamar took over. Yep. So they have certainly earned the right to be nine-and-a-half-point underdogs to the uh, Ravens tomorrow. Oh, man, 215-592-9494, and yet, even as a nine-and-a-half-point underdog, Elliott's still feeling good about that game. I want to get a little more on why Elliot feels so confident. That's coming up next. Plus your calls, 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Presented by Park Sports Written Casino. Oh, Kravitz on the ones and twos coming back. How about it? Another song I don't know. <laughs> That's a, any song yeah. that is played on the radio for the most part. Anything before the year like 2010, it's like, oh, I don't know that one. Over my head. <laughs> I don't think over your RJD2, head. RJD2, come on. <laughs> I love RJD2. How about okay. that? Didn't see that one coming. I've heard you? of them, for sure. Wow. That, I think that's a miracle in and of itself. 215592. 94-94, we're talking a little Eagles-Ravens tomorrow. Elliot's optimistic. In a minute, I want to get a little more uh, a little more on why he's feeling optimistic. But first, let's go back to the phone. Let's go to Cherry Hill and talk to Dominic. Hey, buddy. How you doing, Dom? Hey, how's it going, guys? How's it going, James? Elliot, how's it going? What up, man? Thanks for calling in. Oh, man, I love it. I always listen. Uh, I'm excited to be on it. So. Thanks. Um, but I definitely agree with you, Elliot. I All mean, right. I do think that there's reasons to believe uh, the Eagles can pull this off, and, mm-hmm. and and we all can agree that the Eagles randomly pull out victories like this where they're not expected to win. I referenced Chip Kelly is last year when we beat the Patriots, and mm-hmm. you know there was just like no expectation of us winning. Like we were definitely uh, projected to lose. But I really think that there's two main reasons why the Eagles will win all right. uh, Let's Sunday. So the biggest thing is, obviously, we got to stop the run. And I do think that is a strength of ours, even though, you know, obviously our defense has been getting, you know, buried after the Pittsburgh game. And I'm a Jim Schwartz fan as well. So, you know, I do think that uh, there's a reason why people expect us to be the, uh, a playoff team this year. And a big reason of that is Jim Schwartz is our defensive coordinator. I Absolutely. Mean, it just is. You know, I agree with you on that, Elliot. So, you know. And maybe but it's anecdotal, reason, but for yeah, some yeah. reason I feel like Jim Schwartz doesn't, often have back-to-back bad performances. Well, it's funny you bring that up, James. He's only given up 30 points in back-to-back games once. Wow, let's see. There you go. It felt that way. I hadn't actually looked it up or seen anything, but it felt to me that way that it's rare that Schwartz has back-to-back bad showing. I also think, look, to to Dominic's point about why there should be optimism, like things change quickly in the NFL. You bring this up all the time, James. I mean, September was last month. I think we have to look at how the Eagles are playing now. And I killed them when they were 0-2-1. They were one of the worst teams in the league. 
They are one and one over the last two weeks, and they've played good football. Yeah, in both it, those games. it's a, it's a cliche, but it's a legit cliche for a reason. The NFL is a week to week league. Yeah. It really is. Absolutely. What else you got, Dom? What's your other reason? Yeah, and I and I, my other reason really is this: we we can't lie that the offense looks better. You know, and I know that you know we didn't win, and I know that it's Travis Fogel, and we don't know if we should believe in him or, or not. I think this is just a good two weeks, but I mean, Wentz did look more comfortable. You know, oh, and I do think Doug needs to coach better in terms of like calling the like he's got to run the ball more. I love what you guys said about Miles Sanders. Like, I think he just needs to establish the run because when the Chiefs beat them, that's what they did with a rookie running back. He averaged five point four yards per carry. They they gave him the ball twenty times. I mean, I think that's a big deal. Yeah, Dom, and and I think great point because I think it comes back to what we were talking about before. What Tom from Abington brought up at the very first call: the idea that this team needs to get out in front early. Like well, this is especially against the Rams. That I'm talking about tomorrow. Yes. In oh, this yeah. game, I'm saying this team needs to get out early because then that allows you to run the football more, allows you to get into advantageous situations. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think another team, this another thing that this team has shown over the last two weeks is fight. Just straight up. I mean, the first three weeks, they looked like a team. We were talking about who's going to get fired first. They were looking like the ship was not just sinking. It was like sinking for good, like changes were coming. Every time that's happened in Doug's career, he has bounced the team back. Now, I know they lost to the Steelers, but when they fell behind 31-14, to 14, I thought that game was over. 100%. Flat out. I thought that I game was, was like, over. I was like, well, this was fun. Good yeah. times. And, and, and they fought back, man. They fought back. I mean, and then obviously the San Francisco game, we all saw that. So, look, is Baltimore a better team than the Eagles? Yes, they are right now a better team than the Eagles. But I think this game is going to be competitive. I do not expect Baltimore to come in here and just absolutely thrash the Eagles. And the other thing is when you look at Baltimore's history, they are a team that – really beats up on bad ones and struggles against good ones. And three weeks into the season, I was sure the Eagles were a bad team. I don't know if they're a bad team anymore. They might not be an uh, 8-8 eight and eight team, or, well, they won't because they have a tie. Impossible, yeah. They might be a good team. Who knows? Things change quickly, and the Ravens have not shown that they can really consistently go in and beat good teams. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Westchester and talk to Tom. Hey, Tommy. Hey, how you doing, South? Good to talk to you, brother. Thanks for calling in, man. What's on your mind today? Uh, I promised I would, man. I My promised man. I would. My man. Elliot, how are you? What up, man? I uh, I agree with you. I think the Birds' defense matches up very well yeah. with the, the Ravens' offense, and that gives them more more than a winning chance this week. Um, yeah, I think I think any time an offense comes in here and their strength is running the ball, you got to like the Eagles' chances. Yeah, do. I can't think of a time where the team has run all over the Eagles to a win. It just it very rarely happens. Yeah, and on the on the Howie front, I can't figure out if he's the smartest guy in the room or the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> he certainly thinks he's the smartest guy in the Jeffrey room. Jeffrey Lurie's well, gonna have well, to figure that bad boy out. Yeah, cause... I mean, hear, hear me out. Hear me out. So he's the dumbest guy in the room for giving. If he was the guy that gave Carson this big deal, he's the dumbest guy in the room. But he's still kind of smart because he got the two year out, right? Yeah, I look. They're, I they're, think, it's a t- I, it's a team friendly deal in some ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, and maybe that makes him the smartest guy in the room again because if you think back to how excited Doug was with um, the Hertz pick, yeah. And I think in two years we're going to be saying how he's the smartest guy in the room because Hertz 
is going to be the QB. <laughs> He's the quote-unquote next Lamar Jackson, maybe, right? Who knows? No, no. So, but here's no. what I'll push can, back. Real quick, yeah. we are not – no, no. Jalen Hurts is, yeah. is a super great athlete. He's not Lamar Jackson. We can't do that. We can't put him in that spot. Lamar Jackson is unlike any athlete we've seen in the NFL. Michael Vick is the only name I would put with Lamar Jackson at that position. I actually no, think I, uh, I think I, like, uh, that Hurts uh, is a lot more that. like Dak Prescott as an athlete. I think that's a much better comparison, sure. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe a little faster, but that type of guy, for sure. Right, right, because I think that, that Carson is, and, and I'd like your guys' feedback on this, mm-hmm. the great quarterbacks make all the good plays, right, all the time. Yeah. They occasionally make a great play. I mean, when's the last time you saw Tom Brady have a highlight? You know, I'm, I'm really happy you brought that up, because I think it was Joe Giglio that said, this, that said that point on the air. But, you know, you watch Carson Wentz's highlight tape, and they're almost all from losses. And then you don't really see exciting Tom Brady highlight tapes because all of his great plays are just pocket throws. That's just what right. he does. It's consistency. Now, look, the game is changing, right? I mean, you have to have an athletic quarterback, but you ultimately first still have to have an accurate passer, flat out. And Carson has not been that this year. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, he's in my view, he's a good quarterback who makes the occasional great play. Yeah. And that's all anyone remembers. But unfortunately, that doesn't put W's on the board. And, and I actually think that's why he's viewed higher nationally than he is locally in some ways. Because if you watch Carson every week for every snap, you see those missed throws. If you just watch the highlights, you see an amazing play, right? You see the, the pass to Miles Sanders last year. You see some of the plays he made against the Niners. But you don't see a lot of those misses. No, exactly, exactly. So, I, you know, I, I think in, in a couple of years, Howie's going to be the smartest guy in the room. Tommy, great call. I uh, I do not. Well, but re- I, really quick on I the Jalen. I appreciate the thought. Here's the problem with the Jalen Hurts pick at its core. Even if he's right about Jalen Hurts, even if Jalen Hurts becomes the next franchise quarterback, you still did it at the detriment of the guy mm-hmm. you just paid to be the last franchise. And when you had so many holes on your roster yes. that you just it wasn't it wasn't the best use of resources at the time. And again, for a guy who you don't know, like we don't know, like Jalen Hurts could turn into a great NFL quarterback yeah. or he could not. Like in the second round, I'll say too, second round is a weird place for quarterbacks. Yes. Normally, when you see guys that are successful, they're either like very high. Or they're late and just everybody was wrong about them. You very rarely see a guy in the second round become like a franchise guy. And I like Jalen Hurts. I do think he could be special. Like from what I saw in practice and training camp, the way he runs. I mean, the fact Eagles are putting him on the field shows that they know he's a threat. So I, I, he has that aspect to him. But if he becomes a great quarterback, I'm not going to sit here and say what a job by Howie because – then you have a massive miss on your hand in Carson. Yep. Like you do. So you have to take that with the with the uh if you're right about Hertz. The good with the bad. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up next, like I said, I want to get Elliot's thoughts a little bit deeper on why he thinks the Eagles are gonna win tomorrow. Cause I just don't see it. And I want to find out why. Plus we have a caller in the line who wants to talk about something that we haven't gotten into. We've talked a lot about Jim Schwartz, but the roster influence yeah. of Jim Schwartz. Because if we're saying we're gonna blame Howie and we are I'm excited that to get into this. That is something one. that needs to be brought up. We're going to get to that as well as other phone calls. 215-592-9494. Elliot Shore Parks, James Helter. It's Go Birds Radio. And again, let me remind you that so many of the Go Birds faithful have already joined us and have set up their accounts and are having a blast with Parks Sportsbook and Casinos. Sports betting app, legally betting on sports, makes the games more fun and like you. We all love the home teams. That's why we go with the home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to sports betting. My team, our team at Parks Casino Sportsbook is right here in Bucks County. That means your action, your money, 
They're safe and secure and e- on their easy-to-use sports betting app. It's the only sports book app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania, the Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Bet with the best. You can bet on any game on the slate. You can bet on how many points a team will have at halftime, how many yards a guy will throw for. Anything and everything is on the table. A game I like a lot tomorrow. Green Bay is a one-point favorite in Tampa Bay. I think they're the best team in football. I think they win that game easily. I'm in on that. And plus, of course, you can bet on the game here in Philadelphia. And here's a deal for you. This weekend, all customers will get a 25% profit boost to use on Sunday's Philadelphia versus Baltimore game. No promo code required. Here's all you need to do. Just download the app or go to pa.parkscasino.com. That's pa.parxcasino.com. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. Every dozo play. It is Gilbert's Radio, presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks with you for another hour. I believe Rob Ellis on after. The legend. The legend, absolutely. Legit legend, Robbie. The best. Also just a wonderful guy. Such a nice guy. For sure. Big fan of Robbie. 215-592-9494. That's three, but we still got you. For one more hour, Eagles-Ravens tomorrow coming up in a few minutes. Elliot is picking the Eagles I'm picking to win the Eagles. tomorrow. Yes. I'm putting my record on the line. I mean, I take a lot of pride in my Eagles. You take pick. this I'm, seriously. This is not some no. like, oh, I'm going to pick the Eagles. Yes. Like, you're dead serious about so, this. So, 50-20-1. Over the last, I think, since wow. 2016. So I, I feel like I have a good pulse of this team, and it just feels like a win. Watching that Steelers game yesterday, my initial thought was they're going to beat the Ravens. And then when you look at it, I think you can there, – there are reasons for it. Like the run defense, I think, matches up really well against this uh, Ravens rushing offense. Lamar Jackson is not the 2019 MVP anymore. He's not playing at that level over these last few weeks. And the Eagles offense is improving. Uh, Carson's playing better. I mean, I think you could – you could make an argument if you really wanted that the Eagles go into the game tomorrow with the quarterback playing better. That's interesting. That's a really interesting comment yeah. there. You could potentially make that Carson's argument. Carson's been good the last two weeks. He has. And Lamar has not been Lamar, at least, the last Right. Week. And as you know, I'm not one to make excuse for no, Carson. No, I, I almost actually had to like stop and take a yeah. beat because I was like, wait, did he say what he thought he but said? You take, away the two inter- you take away those two interceptions last week that aren't Carson's fault. Agree. He has a very nice stat line. And I, I think that right. he is playing better. And if you have the better quarterback, you're going to win the game pretty much. And I think they have a really good head coach, too. I think the head coaching matchup is uh, is even. So I, I like the Eagles' chances tomorrow. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up in a minute, we have a, a caller, one of our really good callers, who wants to talk about Jim Schwartz's influence yeah. on the roster. We need to get in that. We've talked a lot about Schwartz, Elliot, and I both defending Jim Schwartz and criticizing Howie Roseman, but that is something we have not talked about and is an important part of the equation. That's coming up in a minute. First, let's talk a little Eagles-Ravens with our good buddy, Ja'Cory. Hey, Ja'Cory. What's going on, guys? Yo, what up, man? How you doing, buddy? Good, man. We're going to get that win tomorrow. You think so? Tell me why, Ja'Cory. Convince me. Man, look, how Carson been playing. I like the offense, man, these receivers, man, these young wide receivers. Mm-hmm. They coming together, man. All my wishes. Rager was here, man. He can enjoy it all. But um, we're gonna get him back. So I think he's gonna be back to that uh, the Cowboys game. And I think you know, as a fan base, we gotta keep him going because you know we see these other wide receivers balling out like Claypool, Jefferson, 
uh, Ayuk and these other wide receivers balling out. And we just, oh, man, you know, we should have went with Kittle Murray and another linebacker. But I think we'll be straight. You know, I think we'll be fine. Uh-oh. Well, we need Jalen Rager better be good with all those names you said. And look, we've seen it. Just forget the Justin Jefferson thing, which every time I watch mm-hmm. that guy play, I get sick to my stomach because I wanted him desperately. But just the last three weeks of Eagles games, T. Higgins, two touchdowns against yeah. him. Brandon Ayuk, the highlight yep. you know, play. And then, of course, Chase Claypool. So we've had three straight weeks of rookie wide receivers and, killing um, the Eagles. So other things, too, is – um. I feel like Will Parks, somebody's talking about Will Parks coming back. I think that's going to be a great addition to the defense. That Dom linebacker package. Uh, I think we might, we, we going to see some Sean Bradley with, with Duke Riley out. Yeah. I have a last question for um, Elliot. Mm-hmm. Elliot, trade deadline is coming up. Should we be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? Because I've seen a trade where we can get a third round pick and Hassan Riddick from the Cardinals to Zach Earth. And I think it was a six round yeah, this was a uh, Bill Barnwell. Jacory, great call. Uh, yeah, that was so a the, Bill Barnwell article. So a hypothetical trade, trade before people start running wild. It's a I, hypothetical yeah. trade. I would not do that trade. I didn't like the trade. I, I would not. I, I, I saw Reddick in the last year of his contract. You're yeah. basically doing it for a third round pick and a and a uh, you know couple week tryout for Hassan Reddick. Right. Which, I would. I would rather. Uh, I'd rather keep Ertz. But the interesting question of buyer or seller. I don't know if they should be either. I don't think I would sell. I definitely wouldn't sell off like Zach Ertz, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. We've already said we would obviously sell Deshaun and Alshon yeah, if if you could, but I don't, I don't think even know if that's considered. Yeah, but it's more like you have to give up a draft pick for someone to take them. Yeah, and I think like with buying, the argument against it is look, they're one three and one. They're potentially one four and one after tomorrow. That yeah, you don't invest in this team. But what you also don't do is you don't turn down a chance to get a good player. Like, I wouldn't trade a third-round pick for Golden Tate, but that's because Golden Tate didn't work out. If mm-hmm. Golden Tate ended up being a contributing player, then you look at that trade differently. So, well, I think the key is that you're looking – if you're looking to buy, you've got to buy someone who's going to be here more than one year. Like there's someone no, that's young. Exactly. Yes. There's no short stopgap type, you know, the Golden Tate trade where it's a one-year thing. Let's yes. see if it, like, if they're trading for someone, it's got to be someone who has a couple years of control or whatever that you can see for this year and moving forward. And, and look, it's, it's a gray area, right? I mean, every trade is like that. It's not very cut. It's not super cut and dry, but it is still important to get Carson Wentz to the playoffs. Like, if you can make a trade that will help this team win this year without giving up a, an asset, like a huge asset, yeah, I would absolutely be in on that. Doesn't mean I would be a buyer, but if I'm Howie, I'm definitely being aggressive and calling around. You never know what you could end up with. All right, quickly before we get back to the phones, he brought up Will Parks, and that's been a, a big talking point this week. You know, I think a lot of people may be putting maybe even a little too much, you know, hope yeah. and belief in Will Parks and what he can do. You've been down at practices. You've seen Will Parks. You know more about him than the vast majority of this mm. fan base would. What is Will Parks, and what kind of a difference can he be for this team? I think he can be better than Nate Gary. Let's let's start with that. <laughs> uh, Nate Gary, high has, praise. Yeah, Nate Gary struggled <laughs> in coverage, and I, I do think the Nate Gary criticism is a little a little overblown. But he has definitely struggled in coverage. I think Will Parks can come in and help them in that area. Watching Will Parks in training camp, I personally did not think he stood out. I didn't like notice him making plays. And he has now, he's missed, I think, well, all season. So five, <laughs> five, games. five, yeah. five weeks, yeah. right? And then I think the last week of training camp. So he has not been practicing. Um, and he also hasn't played a game since last year because there was no offseason. With the Denver Broncos, I thought Will Parks was an okay player. I think Will Parks is a guy with upside. I think Will Parks, if he's in the right scheme and you use him, he's a he's a physically gifted guy. Like he's definitely big, but he's also pretty quick. He's he can be versatile. I'm wondering if he's a guy though that is just okay at everything, but not great 
at anything. And look, those guys have roles for sure. But I would just caution against Will Parks coming in on Sunday and being an immediate difference maker. It's tough to do when you haven't played in a while. It's his first game in the scheme. It's a tough matchup. But I do like the matchup of him on the tight ends better than Nate Gary. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it is that he should help, but let's not go overboard and put yeah. all our hopes and dreams and Will Parks shutting down the right. Ravens offense. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. I mentioned this before. Um, we've talked a lot about Jim Schwartz, and Elliot and I both, um, defending Jim Schwartz. We both think he's a very good defensive coordinator and and blame the issues far more on how... And look, we both acknowledge not a great game last week for Schwartz, but mm-hmm. on the whole, a really good defensive coordinator and is, is being failed more by Howie Roseman and by the roster than his own doings. Mark in Cincinnati is going to join us, and he's got an interesting question to bring up about Schwartz's roster influence. Mark, hey, buddy, what's on your mind today? Hey, James, how's it going? Good, man. Great to talk to you on the weekend, man. Thank you. It's good to be on. Um, like, love the show. Um, before I before I get into uh, Jim versus Howie, I just wanted to say I'm working on an intro because I want to be more like my two favorite callers, uh, Tom and Justin. All right. So, uh, <laughs> nice. I like I'm, it. I'm trying to work on that. Uh, maybe well, I'll bring that you out. Realize, on the though, show at some point. If you get an intro, that means you got to call every week. Yeah. Well, that's true, too. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Fair. So. So, yeah, you know, I, I think I gave you a pretty good intro today. You know, kind of set it up. You I did. A tease in the Well, I think he wants stuff. something to say. Well, like yeah, you need, that's on Mark. Yeah. I, can't, I can't do that for you, Mark. I, right. I believe in you. I think you could do it. Uh, thank you. You're a good caller. I, no, I, I totally believe it. You just need to do it. Yeah, well, you know, so um, so I, I went from uh, Philly to Michigan to mm-hmm. now I'm in Cincinnati. Uh, been an Eagles fan for many years. Um, I try to root for the home team. So, so I have some experience with uh, Jim Schwartz. Um, he did not get a lot of – he didn't get to see a lot of good general managership yep. with Matt Millen there mm-hmm. uh, in, in Detroit. Um, I like Jim Schwartz. But, you know, there was a lot of reports earlier, um, you know, around the draft where he's basically saying, I want this guy, I want this guy, I want that guy. And, and, you know, now, now we have this. So, so, James, I'm totally with you. I've always been a Howie supporter. I never got all the criticism about him. Um, I get that he's not a football guy, but, you know, he was executive of the year. He brought us the Super Bowl. Um, I think that that has a lot of credibility. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I kind of I really, you know, got a question uh, with Howie all this stuff that's going on with the pup list. And, you know, I mean, he hasn't done a good job, you know, bottom line. Uh, But I just, you know, what do you guys know about this, uh, you know, this idea where Jim Schwartz has all this influence, maybe even sometimes it was suggested more than Doug about the draft and and free agent pickups. And uh, I I definitely, uh, I I, I definitely think he has more influence than Doug. I, I think the Eagles view this as they have a head coach of the defense and a head coach of the offense. But I think that when you talk about, like, input, yeah, Jim Schwartz has input. And you've – because you've seen guys come here, Nikel Roby Coleman, Nigel Bradham, uh, Leotis McKelvin early on. Like, you have seen guys – Darius Slay, right? So you have seen guys that he has a history with come in. Now, where I would caution people, though, is he is not making every decision. Like, he is not the general manager of the defense. He's the head coach of the defense. He's not the general manager. So – does he have more input than Doug? Yes, I believe he has more input than Doug on the players he coaches on the defense. But when you're talking about overall personnel issues on the defense, I still think Howie carries the majority of that blame because he's the one making the decisions. Like, 
Jim Schwartz wouldn't have taken Jalen Hurts at the second round, especially with other talented defensive guys there. Davion Taylor, he screams like a Howie pick, not a Jim Schwartz mm-hmm. pick, right? Super athletic, not really ready to play right away. So I, I don't think that you can, when you're talking about Jim Schwartz and kind of criticizing him, like, I don't think it's his fault Nate Gary's a starting linebacker. He might like Nate, like Nate Gary, but I don't think it's his fault that that's a starting linebacker. I think that it's a little bit more of a gray area than it's made out to be sometimes. Yeah, I, you know, I, I hear you, and I, I, uh, you know, I, I agree with everything that you said. I, uh, but, you know, at the same time, I'm not, I, I'm, I don't have a lot of good feelings about the defense right now. I don't understand some of the stats that you're throwing out. I try to look them up. Obviously, you have better resources than I do. But, you know, I mean, they were 15th against the run last week. They're, yeah. they're 24th in the league on third down uh, defense. Well, but, but my point is you know, more, and you're right. Mark, great call. My point is more, that's just a small sample size. So I agree the defense has not played well for at least two of the games this year, right? I mean, they've certainly struggled at points. But my point is overall, Jim Schwartz has been a very good defensive coordinator. And even if you want to look, really not since just 2016, I think over the last two years, the defense has outplayed the offense. They have won more games because of this defense than they have the offense. So, um, yeah, this year – for sure, every level of the team basically is struggling outside of really the defensive line with the run defense and the pass rush. Like, there are not a lot of areas you can point to and say anybody's doing a great job. But the overall resume still matters when you're projecting the future. And I think that Jim Schwartz's resume should give people uh, hope that he'll be able to turn this thing around. The defense will play at a high level the rest of the year. So, going to the back to the personnel stuff, and you make great points of evidence that Jim Schwartz doesn't have huge power with it. But right. look at Rasul Douglas. He's a shutdown corner for Carolina right now. He's playing really well. I don't think he was ever really given a fair chance. Do you think that Jim Schwartz said, no, he's not good enough on my defense, or was that Well, I, I, think it, I think it's a couple things. I think, one, he's playing a different scheme in Carolina. So he's not playing the man-to-man that, that he played here at, at times. He, he's playing a cover two there. He's getting more help over the top, which I think helps Rasul. But I would, I would also say that, yes, is, is, is Rasul better than, like, Trevor Williams and Craig James and these guys that they have as backup? Yeah, he is. But I, I think that if we even want to say it's Jim, Jim Schwartz's fault, Rasul's not here, and I don't even know if that's to be the case, the bottom line is still the bottom line. And you can nitpick different personnel moves, obviously LJ Fort, Rasul Douglas. The Eagles' defense has still been very good the last few years. So, you know, yeah, would it be better if Rasul's here? I guess, although we saw that Rasul – a, was not given a fair chance here, so I agree with you on that. I don't think he was ever given consistent snaps enough that he's getting in Carolina to really be that impact player, but it just didn't really work here for Rasul in Philadelphia. So I can't kill him too much for moving on when the results are still the results and that the defense has been pretty good. Well, and ultimately, on a basic level, you said it's a bottom-line business. Howie Roseman is in charge of the roster. Yes. He has final say. Right. And look, if he's listening to Jim Schwartz too much, that's on you, Howie. That's on Howie, That's too. on you. You're in charge of this roster. That's You're the man point. who has to take the fall for it at right. the end of the day. And, and You can't pass the buck on that. And that's my point I was trying to, to make to the last caller. Like, yes, you can point to instances where Jim Schwartz has had say, but he is not the general manager of the defense. Like, you still have to pin these moves on Howie. I, there are not times... I would be surprised, at least, if it's happening consistently where Howie says, I want to do this, Jim says he wants to do that, and they go with Jim. Like, yes, there are, I'm sure there are instances. Like, Nikhil Roby Coleman, Darius Slay, like, yes, he's history with those guys, but he's not the one making these decisions. He's the one coaching on Sunday, and the coaching has been better than the personnel, I, I believe. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Northeast Philly and talk to Dan. Hey, Dan. Hey, fellas. Hey, Love what your up? show. Love your show. 
Thanks, Thank man. you. Um, uh, Roseman or Schwartz, uh, what's the uh, what, what's what's he known? Schwartz is saying, well, I'm going to play straight up these, and I'm going to ask my guys to cover, and I'm going to ask my linebackers to clean up off of my line, which he lives with his line. Mm-hmm. That's what he does, and they've invested in the line, but Howie ignores the cleanup, which is the linebackers. Now, well, there's nobody really who can blitz, and this comes back to to uh, Schwartz. Schwartz insists on not blitzing, but if you remember at the end of last year, the last four games, Pearson went to him saying, we're not getting them with the rush, and they started the blitz, and that's when the defense really started to step up. Yeah, and, I, uh, look, I agree with you that Jim Schwartz's scheme at times can be fairly simple in terms of just the front four rush, and if they're not getting pressure, that's where they run into trouble. But the, the thing with the linebackers is you, you only have so much money to spend. Now, if you want to take money from other places and put it in linebacker, that, that's a different discussion. But you can't have, like, an elite defensive line, a number one shutdown corner, right, a franchise quarterback, and then also, like, you can't pay every single position. So I think they could put more in the linebacker position, but that is coming at the expense of other positions. See, here's the thing. They've, they've got three big salaries at the def- – three the, big ones. At the defensive and, and tackle, tackle position. position yep. Yeah. And Dan, it, great call. We're, we're kind of losing you there. But but you know, what what about well, the the allocation of resources on the defensive side? I under I agree with you and, and your basic point, but – you know, signing Javon Hargrave, I think, for a lot of people was a, well, why? Why don't you – and I love Javon Hargrave. I'm excited he's here, yeah. but why not mix that money around to other spots? Well, I think the defensive line is more important than the linebacker position. It is. Flat out. I it mean, is, but again, your, your three defensive tackles, in essence, you know, I know you know guys bump outside and stuff, but you're essentially paying three guys, who, and you only have two on the field, for the most part, most of the time. So that is at least a, a, a valid discussion or a valid Well, criticism. but if you want to look specifically at that decision – Fletcher Cox was getting older and coming off of a bad year. Malik Jackson was coming off of a season-ending foot injury. So I could see the argument in paying Hargrave. But I would also flat out rather be really deep at defensive tackle, collapse that pocket up in front of the quarterback, than be deep at linebacker. I just would. Now, they need to do a better job of drafting and developing linebackers. But I can't sit here and say that I want them to invest more money in the linebacker position because their defensive line has been really what's carried them, you know, the team in a lot of ways over the yeah, last look, year. Look, Davion Taylor should be able to play. Like, you, you draft a, guy, a linebacker in the third round, that guy should be able to play for you. Like, yes. 100%. 215-592-9494. is time for our player to watch tomorrow. Elliot Shore Parks is going to give us the player to watch brought to you by your tri-state Toyota dealers. Proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles, Elliot Who's the player to watch for tomorrow's Eagles-Ravens game? A t- couple different directions you could go here. I know everyone's focused on Travis Fulgham right now, and, and with good reason. But I'm going to go back to their actual number one receiver. I think Zach Ertz is the player to watch tomorrow. And, and the reason I think that is because he and Carson have got to get on the same page. Scoring against this Ravens defense is not going to be easy. They have shut down corners on the outside. Uh, I think that there's an opportunity, though, to attack them uh, up the middle. As good as their linebackers have been, I think that they're not as great in coverage as they are against the run. And Zach Ertz is still an elite tight end. When you look at this season, why he's not producing, I don't believe it's on him. He's getting just as much separation as he always has. The numbers back that up. He, in fact, is getting slightly more separation than he was last year. The issue has been Carson Wentz not delivering him accurate passes. If the Eagles are going to move the ball against the Ravens, it has to be up the middle, and that's where Zach Ertz can really strive. So tomorrow, if they win the game, it's going to be low scoring. They're going to have to get in the, the low 20s, I think, to win. The only way they're going to do that is getting Zach Ertz back on the page with Carson Wentz. So I think he's definitely the player to watch tomorrow. I 
agree. I love that call. He needs to get going. Look, play for a contract, bro. Like, bring it. I know yeah. there are other reasons for why you struggled and stuff, but they need more from Zach Ertz, and they certainly need more if they're going to win a game against Raven. That's our player to watch for tomorrow's Eagles game, brought to you by your Tri-State Toyota Dealers, proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're coming back, going right to the phones, 215-592-9494. Get in now. We'll get you after the break. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. It is Go Birds Radio, presented by Park Sportsbook and Casino. Show's sounding good today. It is. Moshe Kravitz, bringing it. When you're talking about the Eagles winning tomorrow. I mean, this makes me feel like they're going to win. Yeah, I think so. It's a a sunny day. Feels like a win tomorrow. It's really all I can say. Sometimes you got to just trust your gut on that, well, That's what the camera said. The camera yeah. was like, you know what? My biggest reason? My gut tells there me. There you go. It's like, wow, that's a well-argued well, well, well point. Yeah. Really <laughs> nailed it there. 215-592-9494. Let's see. I mean, look, it feels like there's been some optimism on the phones. If nothing else, it seems like most people feel there's going to be a close game. Yeah. You know, the people who have said they're going to lose, except for you know one or two have mostly been like, oh, you know, close game, 26-24, 28-24, I think we heard. So there is some optimism if they can keep it close, they can win this game. And certainly Elliot feels confident that they're going to find a way to win tomorrow. Yeah, I just look, September sometimes, and you bring it up all the time, September is not always the best depiction of what a team is. Absolutely right? not, yes. And the Eagles have played well the last two weeks. They deserve credit. If we're going to kill them for that tie to the Bengals, the embarrassing loss to the Rams, all those things, then you got to look at what they've been more recently. And I, I said it after the game last Sunday. I said it uh, throughout the week on my uh, hits on the various shows. That was a moral victory last week. The team played better than you thought. That <laughs> I was never a, would have thought a, you're moral a moral victory, victory guy. That is that is out right. of character. Desperate right? times call for desperate measures. <laughs> right? That five, was a moral five, victory. The wide, wide world of sports is going on there here. There you go. 215-592-9494. Let's go to New Mexico and talk to our good friend with the beautiful voice. David, how are you, sir? Gentlemen, how are we? What's going on, man? I am so excited about tomorrow, man. I am looking forward to the middle of the field being dominated, not by Zach Ertz, but by Greg Ward. Mm -hmm. I like what Greg Ward provides in the middle of the field. He's a strong receiver. He's not afraid to bump and run. He's reliable. He catches the ball, and he can get a couple yards after the catch if he if he catches it in the seam. And, and you know, know what else, really quick, David? Enough. You know what else he has? He has the trust of Carson Wentz, which is maybe maybe the most important thing a receiver can have on this roster. Absolutely, and I think TF thirteen uh, with the wonderful game he had mm-hmm. uh, against against the Steelers. I don't think the Eagles' offensive mindset should force feed him the ball early. I think we, it, it should come naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think if they try to force feed him, he's going to, you know, he, he may regress and may be a little bit more disappointing for not having the output that he had last week. But I think Greg Ward is the key. Miles Sanders and Greg Ward are the key because anything that they can catch in the middle of the field can be uh, can be exposed. So, uh, I yeah, think look, Miles, Miles, Sanders is a, Miles Sanders is a dangerous player. You saw that last week, right? I mean, he can, anytime he touches the ball, space. he's Get really the, the only home space. run. He's Come really on. the home, only home run hitter the Eagles have on So, offense. David, it sounds like you think they got a real shot tomorrow. Oh, I know they have a shot tomorrow. And, and Harbaugh knows that they have a shot tomorrow. I mean, Harbaugh knows intimately what the aura is around Philadelphia, especially when they get on the board early. And I think this defense is going to come to play. They played well last week. They fought. And that's the only thing that we Eagle fans appreciate is a good fight. And they fought. Now, they came up a little short. But as long as they have that fight, 
what I took from that Steeler game, I was like, the Ravens are in trouble because now the because now the Eagles are going home, and the Ravens, the Ravens have to come into the link, and they don't have a whole lot of luck in the link. Love so, it, David. I love it. Great call. And and look to your point, Elliot. We to, we had a conversation earlier this season where you said that exact thing, where you said historically a Doug Peterson team fights. Yeah. I don't know if this team is a fighting team. We saw it last week. They fought. Yeah, and, and can't argue that. And to his point, the, the Steelers are a better offensive team than the Ravens, in my opinion, especially when you're talking about in terms of tough matchups for the Eagles. Like, the Eagles just don't do well when the team has a really talented set of receivers. They don't. The secondary, even with Darius Slay, uh, it's, it's a struggling secondary, right? They have not been – I, Darius Slay has been, but overall, I think the secondary has struggled uh, for large stretches of the season. But the Ravens really don't have a dangerous set of receivers. They have Hollywood Brown, who, who's definitely dangerous and can and can hurt you deep. But I mean, have the Eagles been deep, beat deep this year at all? No, I'm trying to think. No, I, not really. That right? hasn't been the the mo, so to speak. So if the Ravens think they're going to come in here and run all over the Eagles, and I think John Harbaugh probably knows this. That's going to be very very tough to do. It's not going to be a high scoring game if that happens. Let's go to Northeast Philly and talk to Lou. Hey, Lou. Yeah, let me get you off speakers. Absolutely. Okay, how you doing, guys? We're good, Lou. What's on your mind today, my friend? Okay, on my mind today is what, what you were first talking about early on in the beginning of the show, uh, Roseman and uh, and the defensive coordinator, yeah. uh, Schwartz. I think they're both a couple of morons. <laughs> first, of, first of all, now, Elliot Park, is it, who's, who's laughing? Is that, is that Seltzer or, yeah, or it's Elliot? It's a little bit it's of a both. Good yeah. line there, Lou. Uh, Okay, well here, let, let me let me let me explain why. Let me let me make both my points for, for you know both okay. of the idiots. Okay, here's the thing: Roseman was never a football guy. Okay, hello. Yeah, we I look. I, we I, I, we're here. I disagree oh, with that a little oh, bit. No, 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 ahead. no. Wait, wait, ho, ho. How, how you disagree with that? The guy. Well, he's is worked a, for is a football it, team for almost twenty years. I mean, I think I, that makes you a for football, a football guy. team for twenty yeah. years. The guy is a straight-up numbers cruncher, just like his little daddy that he tutelaged under, Joe Banner. Okay, they were okay well, Joe Banner crunchers. oversaw one of the most successful stretches. Yeah, well, of what the, happened okay. to Joe Banner? He went to Cleveland, and he couldn't make it in Cleveland because they had the other Okay, dummy I don't care there. what he did in Cleveland. We they, saw what he did here. I just think, look, you can, get it, you can get it Howie Roseman in lots of ways, but to say he's not a football guy at this point, he's like, come on, man. Guy. Lots of people, lots of people work in the NFL. He can't draft out of a paper bag. He's not a football guy. He has struggled with drafting. Now, let me get to Schwartz. Schwartz aggravates me he makes me regurgitate every time i see him make the the the, the call where the two where two the two guys on the left are on, on the line and the other two and the other two guys on the right they split out why i hate that because the other team knows we don't have linebackers the whole middle is over what do you think they're going to do he he goes away the, the, the quarterback's going to call audible he says we're going to run it up the middle because they get the they're leaving us the middle right wide open what do you hey, think let me ask do? you this if he has so many problems as a defensive coordinator and he's so predictable why does why does his defense very rarely get lit up, and why is he why do they allow like listen, very listen, few points compared he, to their defense? Here's what I think. Here's what I think about Schwartz. I think Schwartz needs to grow a pair and tell Roseman, listen, get me some real deal linebackers. I'm tired of this. We don't value linebackers crap since freaking Banner. That irritates me to no freaking end. I hate Lou, that. Lou coming in hot today. Yeah, he, he uh. He is yeah. not a fan of Schwartz. I or disagree Roseman, with, it with the vast majority of what Lou has well, to look, say. Well, look, I think his, his, he has some points for sure. I mean, I look. Yes, would it be ideal if the Eagles valued a linebacker position more? I guess it would be, but then that is coming at the expense of other things. Like, well, look, look, look. It's not just the value. Like, it's fine if you don't value the position from an economic standpoint. Yes. 
you just need to get better players. Like a lot of teams don't value the linebacker position, but they find ways to draft and develop guys who can be capable NFL players. You don't have to have the best linebackers in football. You just need capable players. They don't have that now. That's yeah. the issue. And you know, like to his point about breaking down something Schwartz does that annoys him. Like, yeah, maybe there's plays where you you look and you say, I mean, look, last week with Nate Gary and Chase totally. Claypool, you say this isn't going to work out. Bottom line business: Jim Schwartz defense does not allow a lot of points. They just don't. They do not allow a lot of points. So you can nitpick this. You can nitpick that. 90% of games where Jim Schwartz is a defensive coordinator, his defense plays well enough to win. Not a football guy. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Look, like, I, I get that Howie Roseman never played football. I get that he's analytically driven. Doesn't mean he, that you, you can't say he's not a football guy. He's worked for a football team for 20 years. I mean, right? He's been a general manager for 10-plus years. He clearly... he's, not, he's not a football guy. I don't know what to say. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean he's a good general manager. I'm just saying. To <laughs> say he's not a football guy is silly. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Jersey and talk to Jimmy. Hey Jimmy, how you doing today, brother? Go birds. You're damn right, hey, James. Jimmy. You're damn right. Good day to you both. You what as up, well. Man? Good day, sir. Uh, was, yeah, I've been with you since the top of the show. Uh, I'm kind of where you are, James, with regard to uh, Roseman. I'm like he's almost down to his uh, to my last nerve. And uh, I think Elliot kind of underscored a lot of it beautifully, uh, talking about his roster management. When you mm -hmm. couple that with the uh, the drafts over the same period of time, uh, it doesn't paint a pretty picture. Yeah, well, what's interesting about Roseman is I feel like he went on a stretch there where when he would make a move, maybe you wouldn't agree with it, but you would understand why they were doing it. And you would say, you know what, I, I get why they did this. It's just puzzling to me how many moves have been made over the last few weeks where you say this doesn't make well, much I'm sense. Well, going back off, to the draft the too. Jump. I mean, yeah. it hurts. I mean, we've seen a lot of these moves this offseason where none of them. Again, we went into the offseason saying, "All right, fix the wide receiver position. It's the most important thing you can do." And they just drafted Jalen Rager. That was it. They, yeah. they oh, Howie and or Alshon and Deshaun. Like we'll be good. Like there, it this year has been a, a lot of of head scratching decisions by Howie Rose. Yeah, and when I had and when I saw our team line up with the. Uh, Stefan Wisniewski against us last week, that really brought it all home because it hasn't been just this year. It's been over a period of years. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, yeah really since I, since the Super Bowl. I, I think, too, with the Deshaun and Alshon thing, there were financial reasons they had to come back. I, I agree with that. And those that's Howie Roseman's fault, right? The contracts he gave to them tied them to the Eagles this year. But I do believe internally the Eagles expected them to be contributing players this year. And maybe they still will be. But for the first six weeks, they have gotten absolutely nothing from either of them. And that's a major miscalculation on Howie's part. Uh, Elliot, I've got a question for you before you cut me loose. Right. Um, the, you were, you're at a great vantage point to see these guys practice all week. Uh, regarding the offensive line, are the guys that are going to be lining up tomorrow, have they been playing uh, practicing as a unit together all week? Jimmy, great question, and thanks for the call. Not really. I mean, they will. <laughs> I mean, they will this week for sure because yeah. it's a starting five. But uh, J Jamon Brown, the guy they picked up from, I believe, the Atlantic Falcons or the Chicago Bears, the team they picked him off of earlier this year, uh, he hasn't played all, all year. So he'll be a new start for them. Jack Driscoll is going to be starting at right tackle. They haven't played together in a game. So this week they've gotten reps together. But what's really interesting about the offensive line, or maybe depressing is the better word, if you look at it, there were seven players this year I think you would consider starters at one point. Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Isaac Samalu, Andre Dillard, Brandon Brooks, and Jason Peters. Of those seven guys, only one is going to be healthy for the mm -hmm. game tomorrow. It's pretty crazy. And yet still, Jeff Stoutland hasn't playing at a high level. I, dude, you know I said this on the podcast. 
whatever we want to say about Jim Schwartz, Doug Pierce, and all this yeah. stuff, like the best individual coach on the Philadelphia Eagles year after year after year is Jeff Stoughton. It's amazing. He it is, really is. He is a, such a phenomenal position coach. I mean, during training camp, I would call into uh, you know the midday show, the afternoon show, throughout throughout training camp to offer updates. And the offensive line was struggling. It was obvious. You, you to were see. you you claimed it was like the biggest concern for yeah. this and, team. And Jason Kelsey even said, like you know, at times that yeah, we're we're struggling. Our practices have not been great. But Jeff Stoutland got it together, right? With guys who weren't even practicing yep. then. Like Jordan that's the Mylata, craziest part. Driscoll, yeah. So it's it's been very impressive. And I know that the Ravens they do have I believe they have high sack totals, but. Overall, I think their pass rush is a little bit smoke and mirrors. They're very good against the blitz, which they're very good with the blitz. I sh- blitz, I should say. Yeah, the, the, Martindale will bring it from wherever, whenever. Yes. He's very creative with that. And, and you Car- saw that last week against Burrow. Burrow looked really confused. And Carson struggled against the blitz, so that that is a concern. But I do think that they can def- they can uh, keep the pocket clean for Carson. Let's go to Wilmington and talk to my good buddy Bob. Hey, Bobby. James, I have to I have to say mea culpa. Um, I just saw where the Eagles activated Parks and Curry. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But <laughs> I don't think Bob. I this don't... isn't off the air. Bobby called me yesterday. We got into it a little bit. <laughs> I appreciate it, Bob. Well, I I don't think Curry would have been activated if Pryor hadn't gone out. That's that's my defense. There. Well, but but Pryor is still. Uh... I guess, yeah, he's on the COVID list. That's right. So they get the roster spot for that. Yep. I, I think if they – my point I, – I wasn't arguing with you about the Toehill thing. I, I I thought that was stupid, too. My only point was if they were going to bring back one guy – and I'd like Elliot's opinion on this, too. I thought it was going to be Parks, was, was my opinion. Well, he was brought back as well, right? He was activated. So he, right. Yeah. But I was saying – Oh, of the two, yes. I think if, if it was between Curry or Parks, I believe they would have brought back Parks if they had to pick between those two. Right. And and listen, I, I thought the Eagles were going to win last weekend. I, I really did. I had real, I have no feeling at all this weekend. And I have something that's just off the map that I'm going to mention to you. I'm a horse racing fan, and I was watching a big race from Ascot in England this morning, and there's a horse in front right before the wire at 28 to 1 and you know what the name of the horse was what? Roseman oh. he got beat a nose at mm. the wire for half a million dollars by another horse at 28 to 1 wow. so uh, i i made some money cuz i bet him to place i said a horse named Roseman i got to bet this horse <laughs> you know he, so uh, I, I found I found that interesting but James uh. I, I agree with you i've i've had it with the general manager um i i, I Put most of the blame at his feet. Uh, I, I also blame Lori a little more than most people do, too, because she's the one that, that tolerates all this. So, mm-hmm. so James, I will say mea culpa, but that was, that was my explanation. Uh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't think the Toehill move was, was smart, but all I was saying was I thought of the two guys, Curry or Parks, that Parks was the guy they were going to bring back. Bobby, great call, as always. 215 592 94, 94, one more segment to go. Rob Ellis after that. It's Elliot Joe Parks. It's James Helter. It's Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And let me remind you that so many of the Go Birds faithful have already joined us and set up their accounts and are having a blast with Parks Sportsbook betting app. Legally betting on sports makes the games more fun. And like you, we love the home teams. That's why we go with the home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to sports betting. Our team at Parks Casino Sportsbook is right here in Bucks County. That means your action, your money, safe and secure and easy to use. 
on their easy-to-use sports betting app. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app, bet with the best. You can bet on any game on the slate. I already told you before, I love Green Bay tomorrow. That's a winner to me. And also, if you want to bet on the game here in town this weekend, all customers will get a 25% profit boost to use on Sunday's Philadelphia-Baltimore game. No promo code required. Here's what you got to do. Just download the app or go to pa.parkscasino.com. That's pa.parxcasino.com. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. Yeah, this will work. This will work. It's Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. I feel like Chase Utley's about to walk into the studio or something. Well, well, one legend just walked yeah, out. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, Rob, to another. Rob Ellis, Chase Utley, bigger legend? I don't know. Could both, be either. Both look great with gray hair, it's right? It's true. Both uh, silver foxes. There you go. That's what we like to say. 215-592-9494. One more segment to go. And let's start that segment off. By wishing someone a happy birthday, our great caller, one of WIP's great callers, the one, the only, BlackReady.com. Happy birthday, buddy. Oh, Libra gang, brother. I appreciate you <laughs> so much. I appreciate you. Now, first of all, we got a lot of stuff to run through. Elliot, what did I tell you about believing in miracles? For three quarters last week, everything you said yep. was wrong. <laughs> was right. So I don't want to hear your little negativity. But this week, gentlemen, please, if you're going to be in a vehicle tomorrow, don't get in a vehicle tomorrow because they're about to beat the brakes off us tomorrow. Boy, don't, <laughs> don't you step foot in nothing with no brakes on it because we ain't going to add none after tomorrow. And I, and I fully accept that and understand it. I've come to a point where I'm, I've been saying this for a year, and, and, and James, you know this for a fact. They don't believe in this coach. They don't let him coach. They don't let us pick his own people. They fire people. Don't sell them. They don't, he doesn't know what's going on. You know, you're putting Hollins on the field over Ward because you drafted him. You're trying to make DJ on the, on the field because mm-hmm. you drafted him. Not only are you making horrible draft choices, but you're going out into the field and telling the coach who's supposed to be here and who's supposed to not. I can't get my pup list right. I can't get my IR list right because you think that you know personnel and what's supposed to go down. It's embarrassing. It's not like Jerry Jones is running this team right now and Howie needs to lose his position. If you want to be a bean counter because he loves the owner and the owner is his son, cool. But – Right now, I'm not even going to get mad anymore because what are we doing? Our coach is hamstring, and I don't really know who to blame right now. But, you know. Well, we that, I think it's a great point. Uh, we were even talking pre-show, Elliot and I, just about the the general holistically, yeah. the idea that a guy who won the Super Bowl as a head coach in his second year and was certainly a big part of winning that Super Bowl, if you want to argue degrees or whatever, but that that guy, like a year later, Gets his coaches fired out from under him when he said he didn't want them fired. They do it without even telling him. Like, that's crazy disrespect. It's unbelievable. Well, and also, I know he hasn't been doing it as long as other people in that building, but he arguably has the best resume of anybody in that building. When you consider yeah. four years, playoffs three years, Super Bowl one year. I mean, there is a lot of reason to trust Doug Peterson, but I agree with you. And happy birthday, by the way, Owen. I wanted and, to make oh, sure and, I said it myself. But, uh, and, yeah, no, I agree. And, I they, they, they need to show more trust in Doug. And the last two things, they send him out there and don't even tell him that they're going to fire the people. Bad PR, embarrassing, making him look dumber than he normally looks. It's just bad all around. They need to fix it. And last thing, Elliot, I know that you get paid per letter. 
But if you go and type one more star should be singing, consider coming to Philadelphia. Le'Veon Bell, as soon as you tweeted that, my direct tweet was, why would he come here when he's free and clear? He's going to go to a contender. There's no, there's no way Well, to be clear, world. I said I would not sign him. He said he wouldn't say he would come here. The fact that you even brought up his name is pointless. And I understand you're getting paid for type for letter, <laughs> but don't be writing articles like that because it just makes me angry. Well, okay. it was worth it then. I, I think I you, the point is you need to write your articles based on, on Owen, Owen now. Yes, Let's exactly. not forget no, that. On, on, on possibilities. <laughs> okay? I told you to believe in miracles, but you wrote Le'Veon Bell, and I almost punched my phone, okay? I well, good news. They did. Happy, happy birthday, yeah, happy buddy. Birthday, we love you, God. too. It is funny that now you're getting ripped for saying, for even mentioning someone's name when you don't. Well, you can't it's win. It's funny to think a year ago, I mean, people were, like, super, super into the idea in. of bringing Levy on I, Like, it was, I, I couldn't believe people were into it now. It just seemed like such an yeah. obvious, no, like, definitive I think he'll do no. well with the Chiefs, though. Sure. It's a good yeah. spot for him, and it makes a lot of sense. 215-592. let us go to Collegeville <laughs> and talk to my good buddy, T. Hey, T. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. How Thanks you guys for making doing? it, bud. What's on your mind today? Uh, let's start with opinion. I feel as though, Elliot, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but I feel as though you're wrong. I think, unfortunately, I, I bleed green, too, and I think the Eagles are just going to lose this game. What don't uh, you like about the matchup? There's a lot of things. I don't think mm-hmm. we have time for that. Let me just hit All my right. points. You can talk <laughs> afterwards. Right. Um, well, go for it, T. All you. Yeah. Uh, basically, my player to watch I appreciate your player to watch. I think the player to watch has to be Jalen Mills. Mm-hmm. For many reasons, I, I've thought about this a lot after you talked about it. Uh, the unit to watch has to be the offensive line. Uh, just looking at the matchup itself, this has to be what Elliot likes to say is uh, you know the coaching matchup. And yeah. It has to be the best coaching ability of Doug because he has to out-scheme him and Schwartz, uh, Martindale, and Roman. If they don't do that, they have no chance. Uh, they have to win the turnover battle. And I know this is all general stuff, um, but I just want to make sure you guys understand what it has to be. And those are things that we have to look forward to. Otherwise, well, that win's not going to happen. The interesting thing about Jalen Mills is I wonder if they'll have Darius Slay follow Hollywood Brown because Jalen Mills does have strengths as a cornerback, speed not really one <laughs> yeah, of them. You could say so that. if you're Baltimore, I mean, getting that matchup is definitely something you would look for. So he's certainly a player to watch because they are going to go after him. Yeah. So I appreciate the call. I have to go with the family, but thank you, gentlemen. Hey, thanks no for making the call, man. Let's go to Northeast Philly and get Kenny in here. Kenny, what's on your mind today, brother? Good afternoon. How are you? I have a question. Is Fulgrim on the activated tomorrow? Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's play. on the roster. Okay. Yes. Well, I wanted to say, everybody keeps on saying about the older guys, but the older guys used to be younger guys at one time, too. You know, so I'm that glad to see factually, like Fulcrum. Factually correct, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm glad to see, like, Fulcrum and, and Rigger. Well, I'm glad to see Rigger back in. But the second question, well, before I ask the question, I want them to get a win for their sake. Not for the Eagle, not for Philadelphia's sake. Oh, I want it for my sake, Kenny. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, that's why but, I want them to win. But they need a win. They need a win. We need a win. I need a win, Kenny. Okay, Come we on. need. A, Come we on. Need they do need a win, though. I agree. Uh, yeah, Falling the one four and one. Really would be believe tough. in how good they are. I agree with you. I they agree are with a you. good team. The better team lost last week against Pittsburgh. Well, the thing really too is, if, if they can get a win tomorrow, so they avoid one and four, they go to to two, three, and one. You then have the Giants twice over the next three games, and you have the Cowboys at home in prime time. If you can win tomorrow, you could be looking at four straight wins. Wow. So if they win tomorrow, we're talking 5-3-1 potentially? Potentially, yeah. How about that? What a different outlook we would have on this But they are a good team, and there's a lot of talent there because a bad team would have rolled over and played dead and not come back the way they came back. 
You know, I agree. But what I want to ask you is who's the captain of their defense? Do they uh, have a captain of their defense? Well, so they have, I think, six captains Kenny. this year. Um, wow, I'm talking about, I believe Fletcher Cox is a captain. Rodney uh, McLeod, I believe. Rodney right? McLeod, yes. So and Is Nate Gary or no? No, Nate, Nate. Nate didn't get to see. He does call plays though, right? Like he's involved. Yeah, in well, he's, that? yeah, he's involved in that. I mean, I I would say the captain is Rodney of the that, defense. That was my first thought Fletcher when as well said that. a little bit. Brandon Graham can be in there, but uh, no, I do believe Rodney's like. I mean, Rodney's a guy that breaks him down the whole team before the game, so he's kind of taking over that Malcolm Jenkins role. Yeah, and that makes sense. And look, I, I think Rodney's been really good this year. I mean, we yeah. haven't talked a lot about him, but he's been flying around. He's seemed to make more plays than not. So look, I. Uh, I just haven't gotten there with tomorrow. I hope this is – look, if it's anything like last week, you were right, I was wrong. So maybe you could be right and I could be wrong, and right. I don't care. I'm happy to be wrong. Just give me a win. You know, the interesting thing about this Eagles team is I do believe they will win tomorrow, and they definitely could. But would it surprise me if they lost 37-14? to 14? <laughs> Like, they're just so unpredictable at this point. And, like, even with the Steelers game, they were down 31-14 and they came back. But I just think it's a way better matchup. I really – don't think the Ravens will be able to throw the ball against the Eagles like the Steelers were able to. And I trust the run defense. So, at the very least, I think we'll get a close game. And like I said at the top, I think having fans in the stadium is going to matter. I think that will give the Eagles some juice they need. They've always been a very good home team. So, look, it's not 60,000 fans, but it's it's something. It's a start. It's 5,500, and I think that will matter. I think it's a great point. I think it will, too. And, and look, I, I, like you said, the, the Ravens, they're a good football team, but maybe not, you know, the 14-2 and two team right. we saw last year. Lamar Jackson not at that level right now specifically. It seems like they're getting him at a good time, so let's hope, man. Because, look, if they win, it totally changes the whole Everything. outlook on this season. I mean, we had a caller before ask, should they be buyers or sellers? Like, to your point, if they can win tomorrow and then find a way to win those next three, two against the Giants, one at home against Dallas, very winnable games. All of three winnable And games. they're 5-3-1, and one, all of a sudden you're like, Go by. I mean, it's a whole different perspective well, the, the, on everything. And the other thing, too, is these next three games after the Ravens are, are winnable, but then it gets tough again, right? You, yeah. have, you have Cleveland. You have and Seattle, on top of you, that, this yeah. team, you know, there's no such thing as a, a definitive, yes, definite well, that's win. that's the other thing, too. too. So we'll they see. could beat Baltimore tomorrow and lose to the uh, Giants on Thursday. Yeah, well, let's, let's hope they win tomorrow and we'll go from there. We'll be back next week, 1 to 3. Check out the podcast, uh, you know, Apple, Stitcher, everywhere you find your podcast, and, of course, at GoBirdsPod on Twitter. The legend, Rob Ellis, is coming up next. For Elliot, I'm James. Thanks to Moshe Kravitz buying the glass. It's been another edition of GoBirds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP.